Maddie. And I'm Georgie. Coming to you with chats about all aspects of design, creativity, and its influence on life. Can I get a whoop whoop? Whoop whoop. This, this is, is Creative Clinks. Hi, and welcome to episode seven of Creative Clinks. Today, we're going to be speaking about charging your worth and why exposure can be absolute BS. Hey, Georgie. Hey, oh, don't mind my sexy stripper voice. Um, <laughs> I have clearly caught what's going around. Trust me, it is not Rona. I've done two RA tests, most uncomfortably, and they are negative. So I'm definitely just getting whatever's going about. So do excuse my rusty spoon voice. Well, I think you sound really sexy. <laughs> oh, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is something that I think is quite uh, common in uh, the creative industries where how do you quote and how do you know what you're worth or what you think you're worth and why people will approach you for doing collaborations and, you know, free work or expect us to do free work just because we're in a creative industry for some reason. And it's really tempting to take it. But let's be honest, I can tell you from experience, most of the time when I have done free work out of hoping it will get me some kind of exposure, it's got me absolutely nothing. 100%. Like that's just so right. And even there was something interesting that someone said to me, like they were asking me about internships and they made the point of, oh, like, don't you get paid for that? And uh, like the expectations been set is that, no, you don't get paid for it. It's about the experience you're getting. But the worst part that I found is that it's taken forever for me to find a job within the industry. Like, yes, I've got the side hustle of the OG, but now being positioned within marketing, like it's taken over a year of finishing uni to get there. And every, like every time I ask for feedback, it's we're looking for people with more experience, even though it's a junior position. So it makes me question going, well, what's the point of free work when it doesn't get you anywhere or it takes forever for you to get somewhere because apparently that experience isn't enough or even the outline for what experience they're looking for. It frustrated me because everything I listed, I'd already done or experimented with, you know, that there isn't necessarily a clear cut of how much experience, you know, like is dabbling apparently isn't enough. So, you know, what's the definition of of doing enough for it to be classed as, oh, that's enough experience for you to get this junior position. Mm. It's definitely makes it difficult. Or even like I find that if you, you know, you're starting out in something, you've charged pretty you know, low fees, but then you're growing. So with growth comes the fact that you should be able to have the right to increase your prices. Like I've had points where, you know, I had a client, I threw threw a dart at the board to see where it landed and said, oh, you know, this is a price point. They were happy with that. They came back for another variation of what I'd done beginning. And I'd even given them three quotes that said what the price was going to be, which was a bit of an increase, which to be honest, I'm bloody well worth it. But Then after I'd done the work, sent them the invoice, they then volunteered to only pay half of the invoice. Oh, my gosh. Without even questioning me. And and I had to follow it up saying like, hey, is there a problem with that? And they said, oh, well, it was more expensive than last time. And I said, here is X, Y, and Z as to why it's more expensive. And as well as the fact that I prepared you for that before I started the work. Yeah, And then 
they felt entitled to the fact, oh, well, you know, next time you do something, you need to give me an accurate quote. And I thought to myself, oh, but I did. I gave you an accurate quote. Like it was very frustrating. And I think it's a very tender spot when it comes to knowing what you're worth or, you know, when it comes to charging, it's very awkward. And at the end of the day, it's, I think you nearly need to treat it like a filter. If those people aren't going to accept those prices or they're going to argue on it, they're not worth it. Like it's not worth a fight and it's just exhausting. I a hundred percent agree. And I think this is rampant over like the whole creative industry, like any kind of creative based role seem to be having the same issue. I was recently told by someone who's actually in the dance scene that even dancers that are in like professional video clips or even something like, I'm not going to mention what it is, but let's just say a very, very big sporting event that happens in the US and has like amazing halftime entertainment, those dancers, <laughs> hint, hint. Yeah, hint, hint. <laughs> those dancers do not get paid. At all. Correct. Yes. What? Now, look, this, if someone can tell me that it, that what I heard is completely wrong, please let me know. But if that is the case, I mean, the amount of money that something like that generates, what, how can you justify not paying your talent? Like it is just completely ludicrous. And I mean, you know, that's one extreme, you know, of, of the industry where someone who is actually performing in an event like that is obviously top of their game. But, you know, for someone like a little guy like us who are actually just trying to get ahead or just starting our business, I mean, that's, God, we're, we're, we're saying yes to, to things that really we're hoping is going to get us to a project like that, you know, to something of that caliber. So the reality is just, you know, when we're asked to do something for free or do something at a really low cost purely for exposure and that hope that it's going to get you that dream job of yours, the reality is it's actually not probably going to do anything for you. And I think that in the long run, this is actually a huge detriment to our industry by allowing this to continue to happen. Yeah, it's a lot bigger than just you and I, but I think the whole conversation around this and why I really wanted to talk about this is because I know both of us have experience when we're trying to quote a client uh, or we want to say yes, we want to say no to a project. Like you said, that word awkward, it feels awkward. No one wants to talk about money, but at the end of the day, that's why we're doing this. Apart from the love of it, we are actually doing this to make a living. And Mm -hmm. so we do really need to have some kind of expectations based around what we charge and what we're worth. Like I've honestly had two extremes. I've had one extreme where I've got a client who they're, out of all of them are really good. And when I quoted him up, I said, you know, this is my price point. Um, and he said, no, wow, that's cheap. And I thought, I <laughs> hope that you like my stuff too. <laughs> like, yeah. But then, and he, but he, the good thing about him was he said, now, if you go over budget or you go over time, charge me for it. I that's don't like that. That's what you need to do. And so we made a really great agreement because at the end of the day, what I told him and was quite transparent about is that, well, I'm charging you my hourly rate fundamentally. There's a starter package where we'll include everything. So if, if I go over time in, in that and it's more or less, I've got to whip 
a bloody email signature together or, you know, doing a logo variation or exporting things and just having to change some stuff around. That's, that's all fine. I can cop that. But when it comes to, okay, you've got to reformat this, you've got to make a completely different variation. So then within that, that's time putting into inspiration. Like I think for this particular client, I looked at font for like three hours, trying to find these different styles that fit the description of what he needed. It got to the point of, you know, that's just font looking. Then there's another couple of hours into just different inspiration, seeing what else is in the market. What's the style for that particular um, trend or not trend, but look and feel that they're going for. Then on top of that, then it's creating samples. Then it's sending that back, liaising back and then making those changes. You hope to get to the, the bottom of it by, you know, around three, it's not a shopping cart where you're meant to mule it out like a sweatshop and then they just pick what they do and don't like, which I subsequently had somebody else try and do. And that at that point, that was just trying to take advantage and mm. that was not at all fair. And whenever I mentioned to that particular person that if we go past this point, I will have to charge additionally. Oh, no, we're not at that point. We're not at that point. I went, really? Because I think we are. Then the hard thing is, is whether deciding between your value and your mental health as well is because then I had to make the very hard decision of, am I going to just have to stop this relationship here, this professional relationship? Because at the end of the day, you need to try and stand by your worth and not give in to those people who try to take advantage of you because you are new to the industry and you're not a cutting edge studio that's got 50 people working in them. Me compared to them, I'm not even, I dare say I'm not even like 10% of what they charge for the similar kind of thing that they do. Exactly. Just for the fact that someone who outwardly said, wow, you're really cheap. They've clearly done their research. They clearly looked into the different things of what things cost. And this other person had quite obviously not looked into anything yet expected the world. And it's, it's very disheartening when the there's incorrect expectations in their mind, even though you feel that you've confidently set them, it's then trying to go, okay, this is a very uncomfortable, awkward position I'm now in, how to deal with it. And as uncomfortable as it can be to have to say, okay, I actually have the right to cease this relationship. Here's things to date. Good luck. Um, you can then be bloody com- be perceived as aggressive apparently um, for the fact that you're just trying to stand up for yourself. But then if you roll over and have to do what they say, you're going to be unhappy and you're not going to produce the work that you know that you can. Um, And you know that you've, you've had satisfied clients beforehand that are stoked with the efforts you do or the things you have done for them. And it's, it's, yeah, it's really difficult to be able to stick to your guns because that, you know, out of 10 people, that one person can really knock you for six and make you feel like, oh, what am I doing here? I'm clearly not good at this. I can't handle this. And it's it's really unfortunate that people have to do that to other people. But at the end of the day, it does come down to, unfortunately, is that some people are either incredibly scroogey or don't do research. And then when it comes to they found a little guy that either that they intentionally found in order to be able to take advantage of or it's just that's just who they are and they just couldn't be bothered to look outside the box for for other people. Um, But it's definitely quite important, I think, that you need to be able to stick to your guns. And, you know, if something makes you uncomfortable and you're doing freelance, you by all means have the right to take control of the situation. Like, you know, as uncomfortable as was for me, 
I had to take control of the situation and end the relationship. I just had to say, look, mate, we're clearly not a good fit. Here you go. See you later. Yeah. And then if it escalates from there, which unfortunately it did try to, it's definitely very difficult and you've just got to keep confident and keep your head above water when it comes to dealing with those kind of situations. And I think obviously, Georgie, I, I know the backstory of this one of yours. And I guess what I, I saw from my point of view with what you were going through was not only did you start resenting the actual job itself, but you started resenting the client and it was, and it took an emotional toll on you, you know, and that all came down to you feel apart from obviously, look, we've already discussed that you can't make everyone happy, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. It also took an emotional toll in the fact that, you know, you started getting down on yourself, you, you know, you started questioning your abilities, et cetera. And at the end of the day, it came down to the point where you didn't feel valued. Look, you know, if it was a $10,000 job or something like that, you probably would be still in this relationship with this client. But at the end of the day, for what you were being paid, it was not worthwhile for yourself. And you knew that whatever that amount of money you were getting from them was not worth your mental or your physical health or any kind of effort that you were being put in. So at the end of the day, you were trying so hard, but if you don't feel valued and value, unfortunately does come down to also that money that's sitting in the bank. If you don't feel valued, not only are you not going to perform at your best, but the client is also going to probably feel that. And subconsciously, that's probably what happened. It's, I know personally myself, just from, you know, having a business for just over a year now, I've already changed my terms and conditions probably half a dozen times. Mm-hmm. And each time I send something or I have a new project and I send the terms and conditions, I then relook at them and go, oh gosh, I should have put that in. Even though I feel like I've got myself covered right from the beginning, It's never the case. It's just like an evolving process with, I guess, learning what you will and what you won't put up with in terms of um, the project itself. So I guess, you know, that's another thing that maybe we can learn from from this is your, your contracts. I think, I don't know about your terms and conditions, but mine actually have um, right at the beginning. (laughs) These can change at any time without (laughs) you having been informed of. Yeah, right. It's like, so when I I had an instance occur, I was like jumping straight in. I was like, edit, 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 because this, you know, is going with this particular scenario that needed to support myself, which at the end of the day, there's a, there's a few businesses that do actually have that they can update their terms and conditions with, and don't have to actually send you updated ones, which I know partly sounds very skewed, but I think in these kind of scenarios where you have a client that's confusing aggression and passion, together. And I think that was definitely the case here is because one of their arguments was going, oh, well, I'm passionate about this. And I'm like, you're actually really aggressive about it. That's not passion. And you just want to be rich and famous. That That's not a mission. Your mission has to be doing something for other people. You know, you're bringing some value to your customers. Getting rich and famous doesn't fucking bring value to anyone <laughs> except yourself. So personally, if I'm going and buying a brand or I'm supporting a business, I'm not doing it to help them get rich and famous. I'm doing it because I believe in what they do. So uh, I can't do, choose an example that like is unrelated to my current that position. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I I can. It's so funny you say this. <laughs> I don't know who will be, be listening to this in the end, but I've heard people say, and it's so true, 
you know, people will go and, and buy the latest Kim Kardashian product or they'll go and buy the latest whatever celebrity-based product it is, right? Which you have absolutely zero, I guess, value associated to that person, okay? But they find, somehow people find it really difficult to support the little guys, even though they'll say that they do, that, oh, support local or support, um, support you know, the, the, the startup or whatever it might be or support your family, support your friends. Can I tell you that is actually BS because <laughs> I can tell you right now that even, oh, this is, yeah, this is a little bit of a side note. You're getting a bit triggered, are you? I am. I am because I actually wanted to bring this up and this is kind of bringing it up. So my personal Instagram account, which it's private, so, you know, I know you, whoever's on there pretty much. Just recently I've noticed, and I and we'll go back to the I don't post very much, you know, kind of scenario, but I have been posting a few things and a lot of them have been stuff that I'm proud about. Whereas previously, maybe I haven't. Funnily enough, my my followers are dropping when I'm like, and these are people I know. Your personal followers. My personal followers. And I haven't figured out who it is yet, but isn't that interesting? So as soon as I post something that shows or that says that, hey, I just did this and I'm proud of it, or I really like to share this with you guys. And it's not, you know, me just taking a selfie or it's not me talking about my daughter or whatever. All of a sudden... People are like, oh, I don't know, maybe they're thinking I'm conceited or I don't know what it is, but my personal followers have been dropping because it's like they don't want to support the little guy. They don't want to see actually the little guy doing well. They'd rather support Kim Kardashian, you know, um, promoting what those thigh sucker in or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, or like, whoever promoting the next, you know, lingerie line, mm. but they're not actually too fond of supporting me. Uh, that is just like, oh, my God, that is complete. It definitely is. And I think I watched something really interesting actually on Instagram, a reel, and I think and my take on it is that there's two types of jealousy. They were saying that jealousy is a good feeling because it's showing you something that, you want that someone else has. So you've got drive to, you want to be where they are. And I thought that perspective, and I'm probably not saying it very correctly, but the way she said it was really cool. And I never really thought of it that way. But then from hearing what you're going on about is that, well, then I think that's another kind of jealousy where it's deflecting. It's like you aren't motivated to get what that person has. You're not going to try and seek something that is that sense of success of what you're passionate about. So instead of doing something about it, you're just removing it mm. out, out of your out of your line of sight. So then you're not reminded of I the fact that you it. don't have passion. Yeah. And you don't want to be where that person is, but you're just jealous of them anyway for the fact that they've got something you don't, but you won't do anything about it. Whereas the other version of jealousy that they were talking about is that, well, it's showing you that you wouldn't be jealous unless you wanted to have what they have. So I'm proud of you that you got your Little Miss Excellence Award Thank from you, uni. Georgie. But I'm also jealous because it's like, fuck, that's given me more drive to do better because oh, I was please. like, that's awesome. Puts more drive in me to try and do better and be able to, you know, whether or not it's trying to get into other competitions or something like design competitions. So then I can try and strive to be, you know, a, a leading edge designer, even though like, deep down, I really don't believe I ever would get there, but it definitely gives me drive because I'd like to be. 
And um, as much as I am, like, I'm really happy for you, but there's that inkling of jealousy of like, damn it. (laughs) But Uh, no. I understand that. Uh, Actually, we're probably digressing, but whatever. You know, I look at it um, the same same way as I have, like, one of my best friends. This girl is, like, fit as. Like, I look at her and I'm just like, girl, I would do anything for your body, apart from the fact that, actually, no, I'm not going to do the seven days a week. (laughs) The seven days a week that you train, I'm a little bit jealous. But, yeah, I... I am probably not striving that same to ever look like that because I know I can't and I'm not willing to put in the effort to look like that. But I do have that jealousy when I look at her and think, oh my God, she can wear whatever she wants. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but yes, we do, we do digress. Georgie, have you ever been asked to do like collaborations? Because I know that's a huge thing, especially when we look on like Instagram and things like that. And when I talk about collaborations, I'm not talking about businesses that are, are, are basically will get some kind of income from it. It's more they're just, you know, using each other's creative abilities to have exposure. Um, Look, I've only gotten those bloody fake requests to be like, oh, my God, DM us for a collab. Oh, far out. I get so many of those. I caught one. I flat out caught one out as a scam. They were like, now we're legit. And Googled it. The first thing that comes up in Google is like, do not answer. This is a scam. And I was like, okay. So I responded back going, this is a scam, bro. <laughs> but I think like probably only, not necessarily co, oh, oh, maybe I guess it is. And it's just like, I get, and I think the thing that it is for me, it's like I'm not mad about it, but it's more or less it takes time. So no, in answer, I haven't actually been approached for any collaborations creatively. Um, and that's probably where I'm glad about it. But if anything, I've been approached for work that is to be quite cheap. And that's where it is becomes difficult to be able to, you know, meet the expectations because not only being a perfectionist, I want, I want everything to be perfect. I want it to be good. I want it to be, you know, cutting edge, so to speak. That feels like such a lame way to describe it. But mm. Of course, I'm wanting to do my best work. And then at the end, it's like, I don't feel satisfied because this is not worth the time and energy that I put into it, if that makes sense. Yes, 100%. It does. Mm. Yeah. You Have know, you? Oh, oh, yeah. Look, I used to do, um, you know, in my past life, I was doing a lot of fashion styling. And, and I guess to get into that industry, because it's considered really hard to get into, I was doing a lot of collaborations. You know, I got myself into through doing these collaborations into some really cool publications, uh, like it was a bit random, a penthouse. And also, no, I wasn't the model. I'm just saying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And yes, there was styling involved in this penthouse shoot and also a Mercedes Benz, uh, Mercedes Benz magazine. And so things like that were really cool. But like, I look back and I go, oh yeah, that's cool. And then I look back at it and go, uh, so what did that actually do for my styling career? It actually did zero, absolutely nothing. But it was like, hey, look at me. This is cool. That's it for five minutes, my five minutes of fame. So no, not really. But, you know, when we start talking about, yeah, feeling deflated and you're not motivated because of, you know, the amount of time and effort that you've got to put in, I I can relate to that with some recent projects and stuff like that where, if you feel, if I realize that I underquoted and I've been putting in a lot more effort than I probably realized I was going to. So 
when I look at my bank account and then I look at the amount of effort that I'm putting in today with the amount of funds that are in my bank account, I just go, oh, my God, I do not want to do anything because I don't feel rewarded for my efforts. And for me, I think actually I'm learning more and more every time that I'm taking on a new project that I am actually realizing my worth and I'm realizing that I am one of those people who is never going to just, let's say, just do dot points of what needs to be done on the project. I will naturally go above and beyond, unfortunately, probably what I have put in my contract. And so I really need to start looking at ways of, you know, if I'm quoting that I need to, it might be, look, let's be realistic, Barbie, you need to add on another 20% because you know that what you're quoting, whether you try and work out the amount of hours it's going to take you, it's actually going to take you a lot longer because you know you're going to put in more effort than that, right? So I could, as a designer, I might look at something and go, yeah, I know that that's going to take me about 20 hours to draw up this floor plan. In reality, those 20 hours is probably, um, I would probably take a lot longer than that. And that's just because I'll go, oh, like you said, a bit of of a perfectionist in that, right? Mm. I'll go, oh, actually, hang on, I'll just change that and I'll just do that. And all that time adds up. And so I, I probably think one big tip is, when you are quoting, look at how many hours realistically you think that can take, that does take you. And then you need to add on at least 20%. You also need to add on time for the unforeseen wait times. You know, a client might take a week to get back to you and you're sitting there doing nothing. I'm sorry, but sometimes if that's, that project is your only source of income, that's not your fault. You need to put in contingencies things like that. And especially as designers, things take probably a lot longer than we even realize they're going to take. If a project's due to be completed in six weeks, I can tell you right now, there is no chance that's going to happen. You know, you really need to look at ways of protecting yourself, both from an income point of view and also, you know, mentally, the mental stimulation or the mental anguish that happens from, from being a designer. Like you're saying with time, like that's the that's I'm the oh, yeah. I'm the worst with predicting time. <laughs> like in a word. exactly. Like I'll look at something and go, yeah, no, nah, I can do that pretty quickly. And then I get onto it and look at it and I'm like, ugh. Or like sometimes there's times where I'm genuinely like, yeah, cool. I'm being a bit of a power power churner on this and I can get through it. But yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of times where I've thought, oh, this won't take long. And, and then it definitely takes longer than I expect, which it's like internal battle. And then it's hard to differentiate, oh, okay, is it taking time because I'm unskilled or is it taking time because I'm good at what I do? But then like the hard thing is, is that like with some experiences, I've had to look at it going, well, hang on. I pay to use these programs. I've paid to learn how to use these programs and, you know, you can get the cheat way around it. But at the end of the day, you're not going to get as much of a customized product at the, at the end because you've either gone for the, you've gone for the free route. Yeah. Like I think it's, it definitely is hard to have the confidence in justifying yourself. And I think definitely being able to have some kind of mentor within the industry, like I definitely always touch base with my mentors that interned me and, and they've definitely given me a lot more confidence in like I've shown them a previous project where I did a lot of custom illustration for icons and they said, what did you charge for this? And I told them and they said, Oh, (laughs) 
why did you do that? You need to charge way more for this. Not not many people can do this. And I was like, yeah. oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and then the worst part is, is that as a designer, do not look at Fiverr oh, and try to determine your worth from Fiverr. Oh, my God. Georgie, looked, do you do uh, that? I went on it once to get a rough guide because it was based on illustrations. And I was like, I don't know what to charge for illustration. Like, you know, some I can do pretty quickly, but then some I sit there, do it. I come back a few days later to look at it again. And then I add more detail because, you know, fresh mind. Then I look what they do. There must be some kind of AI or something involved in how they do their portraits because they're saying it's like 20 bucks. And it's like pretty much they've turned a photograph into a digital print. That's what I'm trying to achieve. Or, you know, I've done an illustration where it was combining two photographs of two different pets into one portrait of the two of them. And they're charging 20 bucks. Far out. How can I justify what I'm thinking of charging? And so, yeah, kids, don't do that. Because <laughs> that's a real deflator. No, that's definitely a deflator, actually. God, I haven't looked at Fiverr, I reckon, for about 10 years. Because at one stage, I was looking at doing creative writing. And yeah, and I think when I looked back at it, I was like, you've got to be kidding me that's like one cent per word some kind of like ridiculous thing I was like no no no, I'm not going there but I'm actually really glad that you touched on speaking with your mentors because as you know as well I actually have a couple of mentors and just recently we catch up about every four to six weeks and just recently one of them said to me so financially how's everything going you know are you happy with where you're going and something or along those lines anyway and I said well actually Tom you know what I think's most important is that I'm happy with the projects I'm taking on because they give me value and he's like you realize <laughs> yeah he's like uh yeah, you realize that's really nice that it gives you warm and fluffy little feelings in your heart, Barbie. Barbie, But at the end of the day, what's your bank account look like? And I was just like, I don't even want to talk about this. <laughs> I'm feeling very uncomfortable talking about this because I just want to be happy and I just want to, you know, love my clients. And he's just like, yeah, you need a reality check. And it was a little bit like, no, no, no. I was trying to convince him that all that matters is that I'm happy and it really has nothing to do with finances, but I think we both know that's all BS because it does. Because I need to continue my ladies' lunches and uh, my wine subscription or whatever it might be needs to continue. And I can only do that when I'm charging what I'm worth, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the hard thing is that I think there's a lot of just oh, it, it frustrates me when I look at those people who like try to give advice on side hustles, which like <sighs> probably half like shoot myself in the <laughs> foot because we've that done us? that. But I think it's collaborating. It, no, it's the people. It's the what I'm talking about is now is the more the people who are shitting gold bricks. They clearly have a lot of money. They clearly get sponsored by bunch of different brands. They're clearly in a great position. Then they give advice on the side hustlers. And I think, and like, you know, when I first listened to it, I'm like, yeah, sick. Oh my God. It's the grind. But then like from grinding, I've got minced meat over here (laughs) and listen back to that advice. And I'm like, that was not helpful. Maybe you just got really lucky in a sense yeah. or you got in the game early where then it took off and you got taken off with it. But I think it's it's definitely hard, you know, if you get to the point you've ground away so much or you're trying to, to work away, also have a job. I think 
like, it's, look, being someone who I have to still have a full-time job as well as doing my side hustle, that is painstaking. It's exhausting. And I'm starting to find deterrence and less passion for it because the fact it's like, well, I still have to do something else in order to pay my bills, which actually TBH at the moment, I fucking love my job. I had someone uh, message me and say, oh, funny how your family's your feedback. And I was like, okay. And I responded, I said, well, my family paid me for the artwork. So yeah. their clients too. Mm. You know, it's not like I did a free job. It was a genuine testimonial for genuine work I did. And in that kind of thing, it's just like, why am I here? Some of my clients happen to be family members as well. And then it's kind of strange how like, if anything, they've been some of the people that are the most pushing of charge me what it was worth. And I charge them something. They're like, no, I'm going to give you more money because yep. it's worth more than that. It's like, oh, okay. Agree. I know my mum used to do that a lot for me. Like she'd be like, when I had my fashion business, she was like, I'll buy this, 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 and this. And I'll go, oh, I'll give you a discount, mom, or you can have. And she's like, no, 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 I pay full price. You know what? They're the advocates you need. It, it sounds corny because it is family, but at least like they're the most realistic with you. Whereas any other person would love to take advantage of a discount or love to take advantage of free work, which is definitely difficult and, and a bit rough. Making sure that you've got the right people that you're that are your clients which you have every right to choose your client it's your business and that's where I had to have my reality check is that going wait hang on why am I having an emotional toll on something where it's making me doubt my abilities my business actually even probably instilling a bit of fear in me why am I going through this when I own this thing yeah, that's I exactly control right. this thing. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I can choose what I do. I can choose who I have and who I serve. I think it's it's a hard thing to get to that point where it's having the confidence going, you know what, I run this ship, so get off. Okay, so what's your key takeaway for charging what you're worth or uh, maybe not doing something for expo- just for exposure? I think the main takeaway is baking it in really like as much as you're confident in yourself to say, no, I can do this quickly, bake in the extra time. And and I think actually the one thing that I've slowly had to learn is that when you charge or create your rates, make a minimum wage, thoroughly look up what for your industry, what is your minimum wage? If you've got a little bit extra icing on the cake after one project, awesome, then it might flow over to cover the next one, if a little bit. But if there's a genuine gap, you need to reevaluate and do some baking and have have a little bit more caked in there to account for those times. Because at the end of the day, even though you can be a designer, you still have different fields that you're going to excel in. So I think the main takeaway is definitely baking in the time just in case you don't foresee different hiccups or if you get stuck on something to creatively, you definitely need to account for that extra 20%. And watermark, watermark your stuff. <laughs> yes. That is a big thing is watermarking your stuff because someone could rip you off if you don't take payment up front, which that's another thing I learned from my mentors. Take payment up front because I told them what I'm charging. Yeah. And they said, make them pay a deposit. That's nothing. Make them pay the whole thing. And I went, really? Can I do that? And I went, when you get like an electrician or a tradesperson, you have to pay something up front. And I was like, fair yep, enough. I know. Good point. Good point. What about you? What's your takeaway? 
Yeah, I like the ones about, you know, talking to other people about your pricing if you feel comfortable with that. I know I've got a couple of other designer friends in the same industry and when I'm trying to quote, I'll actually just send them through a message and go, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Obviously, we're always going in blind whenever. I always feel like I'm going in blind when I'm quoting anyway. (laughs) To be honest, like it's just such a, it's just a can of worms that's never ending. But I will talk to other people and I have been told before, no, that's way too cheap. Or have you considered this? Have you considered that? Don't be afraid to talk finances with other people in your industry, even though we're told that you're not supposed to. Be transparent and then maybe you learn something from it as well so you don't go through what we've all been through, which is um, underpaying ourselves, unfortunately. Quick question though. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't a quote an estimate? Well, that's true. Maybe we should change the name of it and not call it a quote. It's just like design fee estimate. Yeah, because like I think it's a bit, that's probably the hard thing yeah. is that I think when people get a quote, which I'm going to have to look into it because I think someone had mentioned that to me once that you shouldn't be calling it a quote because that is like the pretty much the pre-invoice invoice. So then it sets your price in stone. Whereas I think if you say estimate, then if it's more, they can't be shocked because you've said it'll roughly be this. Let's try that next time. And give them we'll let everyone know whether that works, I reckon. Yeah. Okay. But not and the other good takeaway, have tight T's and C's. Yes, Absolutely 100%. tight. 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's been a great little little chat. And again, we're not here to give everyone advice. We're just talking because we are experiencing this. And look, you know, if we both had like a gazillion dollars in the bank, different situation, but we don't. So we're just throwing ideas out at everyone. And if you have any feedback based on what we just said, if you think it's complete rubbish, or if you're like, yeah, hey, I've been through that too. We need to do something about it give us a bell. And yeah, you know where to find us at Creative Clinks Oh, no, we did that. <laughs> no, I'm glad you again? stuffed it up because okay, last wait. time that was me. Wait, no, wait, it's I'm the cr- it's Creative, at Clinks Creative Clinks podcast. podcast. Oh, God, <laughs> we'll get it right one day. Okay, well, Georgie, I'm not going to allow you to talk anymore because you are sounding more and more now like a frog rather than that sexy stripper you started at in the beginning. But one last thing, Georgie, can I get a whoop whoop? Well, well. <laughs> Thanks, guys, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. For now, we'll leave you with that and have a great week. Cheers.